Hello and welcome to the Fancy Black Lady Podcast. I'm your host, Jamila Carrington-Smith. And I'm your host, Landria Seals-Green. And today we are talking about being forged in the fire. What a week it's been. You know, and how timely it is for this topic, because yeah. you know, these fires are hot. And this week has just been a grind. Yeah, because originally we were thinking about forging the fire when it came to relationships. Weren't we? But we as individuals have been forged in the fire. So let's talk about that, too. Man. Yeah. So this whole thing started when at one point we said, okay, well, we need to talk about relationships. And I don't remember exactly how it came along, but there's that iconic photo of Barack Michelle Obama at the inaugural ball. You know, she's looking amazing. He's looking incredible. So many people love that photo because it's all about black love or it's all about this presidential moment and this beautiful moment between the first couple. But from the moment I saw that photo, and, you know, we all look at things through our respective lenses, but I looked at that photo and I thought, this is a relationship that has been forged in the fire. What I saw in their eyes, in that look between the two of them, there's love, but it's more than that. It's looking into a twin spirit almost, because this is the only other person in the world, the only other person in the world who has been through, you know, the precise hardships and the precise, just crucible, the crucible with you. And so that look between them, there was love, but there was so much more because there's something between them that only they know. And that for me was so powerful because when you think about that whole race, the campaign, you know, the road to that moment was a road that the two of them walked together and we can study it, we can analyze it, we can guess. But in the end, she is the only other person who knows what he went through and vice versa. And there was beauty in it, but they had been through the fire. Absolutely. You know, it's the story that they tell us, the door that they have opened to their story is public. But that private story that's the one that's always the forged in the fire where no one knows, but just the two of you. No one will ever know because the truth is, even if it's like they decide to reveal that to us, you know, the words are just a weak shadow of the moment itself. So whatever that was, it was a truly powerful moment that we saw between the two of them. Mm -hmm. So then we have real life. And as individuals this week, we have been, you know, we were already in various fires, but we mm-hmm. controlled our own fires to the temperature and the tenor of them to, you know, with what we could control. But I feel like this week, it was your fire, the world fire, managing the fires that could come up around you. And then you have your work. And you still have to walk into these spaces almost on fire. Man but you have to control man on fire. That was a good movie, by the way. It was a good movie. And I think it's actually a really good reflection on this moment, to be honest. Yes. Shout out to Denzel, though. Hey, Denzel. <laughs> hey, Denzel. <laughs> if you're listening from two if, fancy black ladies, right? To hey, you. Right. But... um. <laughs> This week, just trying to look like you're okay at work was a struggle. And I think, you know, for me, I'm just at the point where I feel like I don't always have to try to look like I'm okay. Like it's okay for me to let people know that I'm not okay. 
Absolutely. Freedom. (sighs) Well, it's freedom, but it's also a piece of what you can do because there are lots of ways that we can do the things that we do. And one of those ways is by, you know, look, that report you need, your status update. Yes, I'll do it. But we need to acknowledge the elephant in the room. And if the organization doesn't have room for that acknowledgement, it's not always the worst thing to let people know that you're not okay. It's okay sometimes to let people know that you're not okay. There are lots of different work contexts, lots of different places that have varying degrees of room of room mm-hmm. for that. But if you are in a position where, you know, you can express yourself in any way to do with this moment, it is your responsibility to do mm-hmm. so. And to be honest with you, go get the support you need because people are guessing that you're just fine unless you say something. But, you know, you should always have the support you need and you should always go get the support that you need. Like that's your personal responsibility to yourself to make sure that you have some longevity in this life that we have as brown and black people in this world. It's a good idea to have always had support. I think it's interesting when I read about people who are sending emails to their supervisors and to their CEOs and all of those things and saying, you know, this is a problem. And what is the company going to do about it? Because this Mm. is a problem. And for many people, they feel um, not as alone because the world is behind them and they have other people that are behind them now and they don't feel as um, solitary and alone in sending these types of emails. But I wonder, I always think that there's a way to communicate it. And when you send an email, like without relationship, you've got to have a really nice way of finesse in how you communicate things. So tell me more about that, because I've not been following. I'm not somebody who does a whole lot of social media. So it may be that you're seeing things in social media. Tell me what you're seeing. Well, I'm seeing, you know, young professionals, professionals or, you know, whatever the age they are. Um, in their corporate spaces or, you know, profit or nonprofit spaces saying, well, you know, I'm going to email my organization to see what their position is and what they plan to do about this. And I just, you know, hope, and, and, and I know this is not true as I say it, but there's a way to send that type of email. Of there's a way to do that. And emotions are so high. I just feel like Sometimes you shouldn't have the meeting and you shouldn't send the email because um, if you want to really have productive conversation beyond this moment in time, which is, you know, you know, at length, but, you know, three to six months down the line, if you really want to be impactful and have those relationships work for you, maintain your authenticity but there's an art to communication. So what we're really talking about is making the moment work for you because we're all, you know, doing what we, all these are relationships. Yeah. And so we want to make sure that, you know, when the moment, as the moment, as we move beyond, you know, this moment, you know, this particular point of intensity in this moment, you'll still be left with these relationships. What do you want to do with that? And so, to tell you the truth, it just really sounds like professional advice in general. So yeah. if you have an issue, 
you know, rather than just petitioning, saying this is an issue, what are we going to do? Rather offer solutions. And I know certainly as black people, we have too often been called upon to help heal problems that affect us that, you know, are really not ours to fix. But I think it's important, especially if you're in a work environment, offer yourself up, you know, offer yourself, offer your ideas, you know, because when you offer yourself, what you're doing really is leading by example. Now, that's not to say that we should always be asked to lead and to teach because that shit's exhausting. Like in our everyday lives, we cannot do that on all fronts. Again, bad for the blood pressure. However, in a work environment, a work relationship, you know, you have to maybe be prepared to take a lead at the same time that you're petitioning for this change. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, also realize, you know, your own boundaries. Are they asking you to lead when they really need a DNI consultant and they need, they need to put some fiscal, um, um, they need to put some funds behind the work that they say they are committed to. So, you know, we can't do, you're not doing everything for free. We're not saying volunteer on in, in every group and in every way. But you but, can offer to help vet that diversity and inclusion consultant for sure. Or work yourself into a different position. You can. So what was your forged in the fire moment? This week? Well, pick one. In life. In life. So many. Hmm. Which one will I choose? All of them are so personal. <laughs> my forged in the fire moment. Well, the real forged in the fire moment was um, when my younger son was born and had some health issues and very serious health issues. We almost lost him. And it was a long several months. It was, you know, my husband and me, you know, living in the hospital for some time. It, it was a lot. And then there was the recovery from that and what it meant for everything from my employment to facing down things that I never thought I would have to face down, having to think about, say what you will, you know, there are a lot of things that are really hard in life, but having to think about, most of us are not in a position where, and it feels very unnatural to have to contemplate a child's mortality. And so doing that, and so coming out on the other side of that, that's my forged in the fire moment. And having come through that, where everybody's healthy, my husband and I are still married. I have not completely lost my mind. That's what makes me feel like it didn't kill me and it created something new. I'm a different person on the other side of that. As a family, we are different on the other side of that. Shortly after we came through that experience and my son was well on the way to recovery and was doing very well, shortly after that, there was a fire in our home. And, um, Once we realized there was a fire, you know, we got up and got out and it was just the four of us. It happened in the middle of the night and we just got ourselves and got out. So we're standing outside barefoot in robes and pajamas, but we looked around and we're like, okay, we have us, four people, we have everything. And I definitely wouldn't have thought that before having gone through the fire, but also going back to that photo of Barack Michelle Obama. I think that's why when I look at them, that's what I see. Because I know that for my husband and me, there have been many moments like that. There's a look or there is something. 
and there is an understanding of something that goes unsaid. And even if we try to wrap words around it, those words are not enough to, you know, really capture the depth of what we remember from that experience. So it's love, but it's so much more. It's so much more. Wow. I didn't know all of that. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. But it's like what matters most. It's not even about what matters most because it just forces you into this place where it's like what matters. Mm -hmm. So things don't even, it's not even a ranking. It's what matters and what doesn't. Yes. And, you know, all those things that might rank second, third, fourth on your list, you know, maybe those things don't matter either. I mean, they matter because they're important to you. And if you have to get real clear, real fast, like with that fire, we were just like, okay, it's us. We have everything standing out on the street, bare feet in our pajamas. We're like, we're, we have everything. What matters? It's so true. And no one knows the conversation, the feeling, except for that other person. No one will ever know. I can't even conjure it now because I'm such a different person. It's hard for me to even recognize the person I was when I was going through that. Yeah. And the only other person who was in that particular fire with me was him. I just found myself having, it's more than love, but it's also, I feel a sense of protection for the other person that I am with. So it's Absolutely. like, okay, you know, this is not, you know, people get married for different reasons and or get in relationships for different reasons. And you think, is this going to be my version of a great lifetime movie or a, a great romantic novel? But it is all of that. It is sickness and health and emergencies and having to recover and all of those different things. And I just found myself the many types and many ways that you have these forged in the fire moments. It's like, I care deeply about this other individual and his well-being. And I am going to protect him with all that I have because we are the only two people who know he knows in ways that I've not been able to articulate to other people or may not have felt safe to articulate. It wasn't their business. Yes. I mean, so there's a level of protection that we have towards each other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I see that too. When I look at the look between the two of them, they are in that moment, they will forever protect each other. It's very true. So Mm -hmm. is is it my turn? Mm -hmm. Which one? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Right. Which one? I'll take two. Like if you're playing Jeopardy, I'll take Mm -hmm. two, Alex. Yeah, I'll do the one that we've had recently because that's probably fresh on my mind and something that we are still managing. Mm -hmm. Because to your point, I think we talked about this in friendships. There are certain things that will just break you up that will separate you and because it's too much and it's too intense. And a lot of people don't survive what you have just described. And so to tell the story in the way that you have and having seen you, you are thriving from that moment, but there are choices that you make. There are heated discussions that you just know aren't important anymore. Because 
some things aren't even important as you find them that they're not as important. So of late, during this time of quarantine, as I like to call mm. it, because it was so convenient. So we're home and we find out my husband's father is ill and his doctor calls my husband and keep in mind that we're in Michigan and his dad is in New York. And he calls him to let him know that he's not doing very well. He's home. His dad doesn't want to go to the hospital. He doesn't feel great. And he had not been doing awesome in the last couple months. And he has 24 hours to live. So when you hear that, you think to yourself, it could happen. It could not happen. But you still take it seriously because that's what the time that you have been given. And so my husband, he's calling his dad. He wants to talk to his dad and his dad's not picking up the phone. So in the midst of that, that same day, I find out that my mother has to be taken to the hospital. And so it's like, oh, wow. So we have two things going on. So my attention shifts from one cause or event to the next. So within a matter of a week, my husband's father passed away. And then in seven days later, my father passes away. That was the most unpredictable moment that I could have not predicted. Like I just didn't see it happening or coming. And he's not a person that I've ever seen sick in my life. It was a lot. So you have two people who are dealing with loss and we were both very close to our parents. And then you have children who have lost a grandfather. You have family members who have lost significant people and we are all home. You have to arrange what you arrange and do all of the things that are necessary. It was how do you support your spouse when you yourself are in this space of grieving. And then you move a little bit from that space of grief because you have stuff to do. You have the business of death to take care of. And you have to rally people. You have to rally things. I never thought I would say this, but you have family members who cut up and want to act a fool about different things. And so that becomes a thing. And it was just all too much. And I probably will say week three after it occurred is when I think my family started, the four of us started to feel it. Hmm. We are now probably, you know, who's counting, but between 58 and 65 days of when these things happened, because I counted yesterday, we're in that time space. And I can tell that grief can come between two people. It can be this heaviness that just comes between the two of you. And I remember when my father passed away and his father had already passed away and we were still planning things and getting ready to do what we needed to do. And we were both in our room and I said, we have to promise each other that no matter what happens, that we stay focused on us because this can come be to I said people break up over this. Absolutely. We don't need that. And we have this running joke about who's retirement. You're my mm. retirement. So it just can come between you. And I we just had that same conversation um Wednesday night and Thursday night because grief is inevitable, but it can feel very heavy and it shows up in different ways 
that's our forged in the fire. We've had moments before. We're in the fire now. There are moments that you say, oh, we're out. Life has been gracious enough to allow us, you know, up for air at different times and have moments of laughter and togetherness as a family. But it is one of those moments where you say, yeah, we were in fire and we are going to be a better couple because of it, a better family unit because of it. But what matters is the fact that when you wake up in the morning and you're here, for me, I'm like, oh, I'm alive today. I mean, it had gotten that it is that serious for me these days. Like, okay, this is good. I get to do this again. It's so, incredible how these moments really, because yeah. what you just described, you know, for me, I describe it as I have looked into the depths. I've looked into the depths. I've leaned over into the depths. I didn't mm-hmm. fall in. I pulled back at some point, but the experience can be described in these terms that are very, very vivid that almost sound like exaggeration. And even though my circumstances and yours are different, when you say, you know, I woke up today and I'm like, I understand. And this is not wordplay. This is, I really understand what you mean. Yeah. It's like, oh my goodness. And it's just incredible. Like, did you walk past each other and say, can you believe this is happening? Like, did you? It was a look. It was in a look. Yes. And you can see it in the other person's eyes. And, you know, it's just like, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Like, I can't believe it. This is terrible. And I can't believe it. We are living it. And I can't believe it. We made it through. We have those I can't believe it moments right now. We just celebrated, you know, his birthday and just that it shows up in in all kinds. of. Yes. It's incredible. It's amazing. You have such a deep level of gratitude and appreciation for the gift of life. Yes. Why did the forge in the fire moments have to be so intense? I have to I ask. I know. It's well, like, I, you know, can we a just fire that's up? a fire that's hot enough to forge is the hottest fire. That's why. I mean, if it were less intense, it wouldn't change you. It wouldn't mark you and bend you and mold you. It would just be a bad day. So it's just, you have the right person. You feel like in that moment, this person, this man, in both of our cases that I am with, he is right for me in this moment. I, I'm glad that he is. Now, there are other moments in time, you know, I will give him the side eye and I'll look at like, oh, I can't believe you. I know. Yeah, I know. I can't believe you. I mean, there are moments where, for me, there are what I call look away moments. There are things I just have to look away. (laughs) Like my husband has this habit of because he grew up before like automatic steering was a thing in all cars. He does that thing that a lot of like really old school people do. Like back in the day, you had to really move the wheel in order to turn the wheel. But with automatic steering, you can turn it with one finger and he drives. And I swear he will turn that wheel with one finger. And every single time I'm like, look away because this is the man. You know, because the good things, the big things, the things that matter are so much bigger. Yeah. I can look away from one finger automatic steering. I can do that. Yeah. I did not tell you this, but I had to look away. It's better now. But our dishwasher just decided to break. And, you know, my husband being the engineer, it's like, I can fix that panel. It's, the, you know, it's a circuit thing. Mm-hmm. He gets all of his tools out. 
So he takes apart the facing of the dishwasher where you press all the buttons and the door is slightly open. I am having a look away moment, but in my head, I thought we need to close the door to the dishwasher before a child just runs and hits their head. So I'm going to close the door to the dishwasher. We close the door to the dishwasher and he's like, you close the door to the dishwasher, the handle's off. I can't open the dishwasher. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm like, well, you didn't tell me. He says, well, you didn't communicate to me that you wanted to close the dishwasher. I didn't know that I needed to announce the dishwasher needed to be closed. I did not say anything. All I said was, I apologize. So how are we going to fix it? And so for two days, we have had most of our dishes like silverware, like the daily silverware inside the dishwasher. So he's like, is this happening right now? Or yes. He's like, I don't know how I'm going. We need to wash the, I mean, the dishes are dirty that like they're the dishes in the sink. We're not in the dishwasher. I said, we're going to do what we would have done if we didn't have a dishwasher and we're going to wash them. And you know what? I'm going to wash them. I said, would you join me? And he's like, yes, as long as I can drink some wine. I'm like, we can wash dishes. <laughs> we can wash dishes tonight as a day right. and bring your wine and it'll be great. And so that didn't happen, but the dishes got washed, right? But the idea was great. The idea was great. Yeah. And so today I walked downstairs after we have one of these forged in the fire check-ins by force because it had gotten like heavy in my home. And so it was one of those forged in the fire talks. And now we're on the other side of that talk and tempers are, temperatures are down. And I walk into the kitchen. He says, you'd be proud of me because I got the dishwasher door open and now I can finish fixing everything. And I said, thank you so much. And I walked away. This is amazing because what's happening is that you have a whole family that's managing grief and you're all there together. Nobody's yes. going anywhere. So there are none of the usual outlets where you can go to work and come back and yeah. then have to look at your spouse all day long. I think you all are doing just a remarkable, remarkable thing. Well, thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. But yeah, Forged in the Fire is not a movie. That's not, I don't see a script for it yet. I don't see a it script. It is not for everybody. It's not and for the not faint every, of heart. Not everybody comes out on the other side of it. Okay. Isn't it true? It's so true. I mean, the divorce rate of is high when you think about, and I know they have it categorized across different right. events, but it's high when you've had trauma. It is. It is. Because you then are dealing with trauma with someone who came into your life, who was reared differently, who processes emotions differently. And generally, never before have you had cause for those differences to come up. Yes. I wouldn't record what I was about to say. So it's a lot. It's quite a bit. All right. And now the world's on fire. The world's on fire. So, you know, for me, it's about just being very careful with people in my home. Mm -hmm. And um, this time the fire is outside of my home. And I feel like if we were able to come through this fire that was very much inside of our family and it could have, it could have torn everybody apart. 
Yeah. If we were able to survive that, you know, we will surely survive. We the will rest surely of this. survive this. Yes. This whole quarantine, I feel like in a sense, it has probably saved us because there was no rushing to do the next thing. We had to sit with it. We had to be with each other and we could take our time. Wow. So I don't know what that would have been like for us if we had to take the kids back to school, get back into doing homework and after school activities. Oh, yeah. and, because the expectations of people are, you know, whoever thought of that two to three days of grieving, the grief policies of two to three days, they really only give you that much, but emails don't stop. And then people start with the, did you get the, um, before someone would ask anything of you? I know you're busy. I know you have a lot going on, but I have this one question and they said in such a gentle way, you'd kind of wish that they just wouldn't give that introduction. Mm -hmm. They would just kind of say what they need. Because, you know, really, it's like they're empathizing with you, which when I'm in the middle of grief, that empathy takes me to a weepy place. And then they just like hit me with the email. So it's like, look, just just come on in with what you what you need. You know, come in hot is probably better. Don't soften yeah. me up. And then like, you know, come leave me. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't get weepy. I did not get weepy. I just felt like I had too many things to do. So weeping was probably for people around me, but it wasn't probably the best thing that I could do. And it, it, that doesn't mean that I didn't weep. It's just that there was no room for me to weep if everybody else was weeping. Well, what I discovered about myself, well, I didn't discover this about myself. It's just one of the vestiges of this. Fun fact, everything makes me cry. Everything makes me cry. Oh, I have a funny story. So the other day I was shopping. I went out to look for a birthday card. The card shop had just opened. And so, you know, the woman inside, the proprietor said, you know, oh, well, now is a good time to shop for Father's Day cards. Our Father's Day selection is here. You know, shop early. I'm like, oh, I'm going to shop early, right? Mm-hmm. Proactive. So I'm in the I'm in the card aisle. And my husband is wonderful. My husband is wonderful. And so I'm reading all of these cards and like the sentiments were really getting to me. And so I started to cry, you know, I'm like in the store. Well, I didn't just start to cry. You know, my eyes start to tear up and, you know, usually I can blink them back. And then at some point it was just too much. And like, you know, the tears were just coming. So I'm like looking up, trying to avoid it. I couldn't help it. So tears are like spilling over, but I'm wearing these gloves and a mask. So I can't like (laughs) touch my face. (laughs) Tears coming down the mask. So I'm like bending down, looking at more cards, you know, for my husband, all the sentiments are wonderful. All these things are true. And I just, I'm feeling it so much and I'm crying, crying, crying. There is snot behind the mask, which I cannot. (laughs) There's snot in the mask. This is a lot. This is a lot. I just have to buy it. So I get up to the counter and the cashier, she's on the phone. So she's like, you know, she puts the call on hold in order to take my, and she starts ringing me up. And then there's the moment where she discovers that like, I am crying. Right. Right. She doesn't know what to say. Cause these days, like she doesn't want to say what's wrong. Cause these days it, it could be anything. It, it could be, be anything. So I was finally able to just get to the car and take care of my whole like tears and snot situation. But I just thought it was hilarious. It was hilarious. Wow. Such a sign of the times. 
there's no other time when things could have played out exactly in that way. It was just kind of a perfect little pandemic moment of... <laughs> that was a lie. That was a lie. That was a, that was a deep cry. Ugh. That was a deep cry. I need to go buy a card. Yeah. But I feel like I'll just write a letter. Yeah. Yeah. I like writing a letter because I feel like I'm probably a lazy card shopper today. You are not a lazy card shopper. There's nothing lazy about it. Make no excuse. You're writing a letter. Okay. I'm writing a letter. I don't want to stand. I don't want to touch anything. I don't want to read anything. I I just, I'm not that comfortable being outside all the time. And so yesterday we were outside in our cars, didn't get out of our cars, but I was still outside. And I thought to myself, yeah, I'm going to be back in for the next three to four days. Mm -hmm. So how lovely. How many cards do you buy, though? One, two, three, four. This time I bought four. Yeah, I usually am the same. You buy more than one because no one card works. So you buy several. Yeah. Oh, so what else are you doing for Father's Day? Because this thing is Sunday. Is it this? Wow. I never know when yeah. the holidays are. Basically, just TV tells me when the holidays are coming. Yeah. No, there's no plan. My husband has been <sighs> overwhelmed. He has been overwhelmed. He will not say that, but he has been. Yes. So I need my husband to rest. It needs to be a yeah. day of just. Yeah. With his feet up, you know, I'm making cocktails or bringing beer or whatever he needs. I'm making breakfast. I'm, yeah. He just needs. And the thing is, he won't even put his feet up. I like have to put something under his feet and like, you're going to put your feet up. You're going to listen to your wife. And he's like, okay. But mm-hmm. that's what he needs. Saying just rest, the ability to sleep in. Yeah. Yeah. He's been carrying quite a bit lately. Yeah. To the point that I was just very concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just, um, and he didn't even think about it being Father's Day, which is also concerning. So I'm just going to have him sleep in and rest. Stay and away from TV or, you know, maybe just watch movies. But watch movies. All that. Yeah, but my husband loves to put his feet up. and then he starts to put his feet up and you know oh this is great this is wonderful and then a little part of me is always like I just put my feet you know I never get to put my feet up like that so I always feel a little like I feel a a way about it right now as I describe it as I I know yes I'm like "Mm." because I never get to put my feet up the way they allow him to put his feet up Mm. We need to discuss that in the next uh, meeting. Oh. The next house meeting. But that's not his fault, is it? You got to make your moments. You got to leave some stuff undone. That's what I do. Do you leave stuff undone? I I can't tell yet. I cannot tell yet. I leave stuff undone. Do you really? That's awesome. I don't lately. Like after this, I know I have a few critical emails that I promise that I will send out by the end of Friday for my other job, as you call it, mm-hmm. my other job. Mm-hmm. Right. I am very clear that I get to a point of such diminishing returns that I am not resting well and I'm not working well. So it's just like, you know what, let's just cut all of this. Yeah. I'm not yeah. working. I'm only resting. When the productivity 
reduces and you find yourself surfing and moving a little, it's time to get up. Maybe I'll just cut, you know, not send those emails out today. I'll send them out tomorrow. I think that the conclusion of all of this is there's the other side that we all can get through and relationships. There'll be many moments of being forged in the fire, but that's all I have for today. Well, there are lots of different relationships and you'll go through this fire and you'll end up on the other side of it and all of your relationships will be changed in one way or another. Yeah. But we hope that from having shared our personal stories, just to, you know, share with you that you will make it through. And our hope for you is that you make it through even stronger than before. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. You can find us at fancyblacklady at gmail.com or all of our social media handles, Instagram, Facebook at Fancy Black Lady. We'll catch you later. Thanks for listening and look out soon for season one. To contact us to give us comments or show topic suggestions, email us at fancyblacklady at gmail.com or find us on our social media handles, Fancy Black Lady.